0: If people aren't complying, then they have competitors, maybe overseas, who are. And that's the threat to, say, the New Zealand market and the Australian market. We have neighbours who uh, are quite willing uh, to make that investment. And of course, that means that the industry as a whole is at a disadvantage to overseas competitors, and we need to think about that.
1: Kia ora. I'm Troy, here as CEO, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. Today our conversation is with Kempi Managing Director, David Green. David is very familiar with global technology trends in welding and Kempi is a key sponsor of our 2020 Vision Conference. So let's start with the so what of Industry 4.0. Uh, here has got a number of projects on Industry 4.0. Where does welding 4.0 lie in this?
0: Well, 4.0, of course, is a is a general concept in terms of uh, the smart factory idea, the fourth generation of um, of uh, industrialisation, where we have this interaction between where we have this interaction between uh, cyber and physical. Um, resources in the factory to make uh, things more productive and uh, uh, quality orientated. In welding, the big challenge has always been um, maintenance of quality, uh, proving of quality and uh, improvement in productivity. A lot of the uh, processes are quite dated and um, it relies very much on human intervention to check work that's done. So I guess the major moves in welding industry has been to do with um, automating the actual work, the actual welding itself, but more importantly, getting big data capture to verify what, in some cases, critical welding, which can have a massive impact in terms of its application.
1: Do you have a case study that you can give um, that would be (laughs) best practice of this?
0: Um, well, we've done a few projects in our company where for many years the concept of implementing the checking side, if you want to call it that in simple terms, uh, hasn't been taken up because of the investment costs involved. More and more though, particularly in critical welding, where regulation starts to have an impact. Uh, we've, we've now had some uh, projects and case studies where Larger companies, for example, have invested in this kind of technology, which is essentially cloud-based technology, uh, monitoring welding applications and actually giving real-time verification of the welding process. Um, We have a number of those uh, projects actually um, undergone and uh, the clients tend to see many, many benefits. They have risk mitigation, Of course their risk is reduced, they have uh, cost savings in terms of reduction in material wastage Um, and of course they have um, productivity gain. Productivity gain of course sometimes at a cost to the company in terms of manpower because in many cases this will reduce the manpower requirement. Um, So that generally is um, the effect of this kind of technology.
1: Hiro's got a specific research project looking at welding, quality and productivity simultaneously. What is your view around this crossover between productivity and the actual quality of the welds?
0: Well, I guess that um, the old adage would be that there is no, um, uh, uh, that you cannot achieve increased quality and productivity at the same time. They're competing forces. With new technologies implemented, you can actually get both at the same time. And that's what we, that's what KEMPI aim to do Um, from its its platforms, its uh, software platforms, its cloud-based technology. And that is basically to, as I said, in terms of increasing the productivity of the actual welding operation, at the same time verifying that everything is compliant to a standard uh, which it's working towards and also getting that quality improvement as well. It's a sort of a a win-win situation for everybody.
1: What is the role of digitalisation in welding?
0: Digitalisation welding actually might surprise some people, but actually started a long time ago, way before people were talking about Industry 4.0. Digitalisation started really with the actual operation of the welding equipment. So rather than being analogue based, it was digital based. Why? To make things happen um, so that control of a system can be done quicker and more efficiently. But that was just restricted to the equipment itself. What's happened since then, um, and really in a reaction to uh, changes in standards in the industry, particularly in Europe, driven from Europe, would be that... um, you know, you'll know, you see systems now which are outside of the equipment, which are actually monitoring and even controlling the equipment itself to achieve those aims of improved quality and improved uh, productivity. So it's uh, an external system, and as I said, generally cloud-based, um, giving all of the benefits that that can offer in terms of it doesn't really matter where you are, where your production is, where your welding is, you can centralise uh, a monitoring system across several different uh, uh, production sites, if you wish to, all of which can be monitored. Um, and to have that real-time analysis of any major variations from a welding uh, process, for example, gives you immediate correction opportunities. With immediate op- uh, correction opportunities, you don't have the issues at the end, when, thing- when it's too late, when you produce what you're producing, and all the wastage and all the cost involved in that is saved up front. So it's a it's a very powerful system.
1: So bringing this back to HERA membership and New Zealand industry, how do you see New Zealand industry benchmarking globally in terms of adoption of these new technologies? Are we behind or on par?
0: I'd like to... Maybe this sounds a little bit cynical, but New Zealand has probably adopted this kind of technology, this external monitoring and verification technology, as slow as the rest of the world. Because generally, it's been very disappointing to see that although this technology, and not just from Kempe, other companies actually have uh, similar technologies, although not the same, uh, for you know several years now, because they were developed in response to uh, standards, changes in standards. Um, but industry typically didn't follow. And that's not just New Zealand, it's the rest of the world. And the uptake of the technology has been incredibly slow. I would say that this has accelerated in the last 12 months um, quite substantially in Australia. And, um, you know, we see more and more um, interest uh, in New Zealand too. But I would say generally a very slow uptake globally.
1: Moving to risk mitigation in critical welding applications, um, and welding compliance management, what are the challenges in terms of compliance management that you see?
0: The challenges to compliance have always been basically um, the willingness of private companies, for example, to make the investment to reap the rewards of verified compliance. And that's, I think, what has led to the previous question in terms of why is this a slow uptake? Of course, with any kind of technology, there needs to be an upfront investment. Uh, And indeed, in terms of licensing costs with software, an ongoing investment. And people tend to, I suppose it's human to think about short-term returns as opposed to long-term. This is clearly a long-term investment, uh, but verification of compliance is very important, particularly in critical welding. Um, I guess, at the end of the day, the risk uh, uh, needs to be identified and then um, the investment needs to be made. Uh, is private sector uh, willing to make that investment? Uh, previously not, in my opinion, uh, or not generally. Some companies definitely have done, but in terms of the, um, the general market, no. Uh, but in the last year or so, I think that, that is, uh, there's a momentum gathering and uh, people are really looking at the longer term implications of uh, non-compliance. One of which, of course, is competition. If people aren't complying, then they have competitors, maybe overseas, who are, and that's the threat to, say, the New Zealand market and the Australian market. We have neighbours who uh, are quite willing uh, to make that investment, and, of course, that means that the industry as a whole is at a disadvantage to overseas competitors, and we need to think about that.
1: And what do you see as the specific risks for welding supervisors and um, companies themselves?
0: The risks are um, what what we just discussed, non-compliance. I mean, there are um, liabilities involved. Um, we are in a very litigious uh, society in New Zealand and in Australia, probably the most litigious in the world outside of the US. And... Um, You know, uh, poor fabrication, poor welding, uh, where compliance has not been adhered to, could lead to legal implications and, of course, huge cost implications downstream. Um, There are a number of examples of where things have gone wrong, um, of course, and uh, they're well publicised. One has to ask the question why you wouldn't make a relatively modest investment in a system or a technology that can actually preempt issues. When you look at the cost downstream of not doing that, um, that's the challenge.
1: What are the emerging technology shifts that can actually help to ri- to mitigate risk?
0: It's all at the moment. Uh, I would say all about information gathering. It's big data, uh, in, in pure and simple terms. It's not gathering all data or rather it's not um, exhibiting all data, but it's capturing data that is um, relevant, i.e. variations from um, a welding process, for example. In a welding process, um, it basically states how a weld has to be prepared, how it has to be undertaken, uh, the welding parameters which need to be used by the welder. Uh, If that's not done, you're non-compliant. If it's a non-critical welding application, it probably doesn't mean too much. If it's a critical application, it can mean the difference between uh, uh, um, success and failure downstream. And uh, capturing the information and presenting that information to, for example, a welding team, a welding supervisor, can actually show in real time, and this is the important thing, real time, um, variations from that critical welding process and gives the team the power to do something about it. It will not stop the welding. It will not stop the process. But it will give the people that are responsible for that um, operation the ability to intervene, maybe, and to change the process. It could be, for example, the wrong gas is being selected. That is immediately flagged. It could be that the welder is welding outside of the set parameters. That can be adjusted. So the impact is limited to, to little or nothing, whereas if it's left... It can be a huge impact downstream.
1: And in terms of the health and safety risks to welders, what are the technology improvements that are assisting there?
0: Yeah. Um, Technology improvements are really around the the welding helmets which are being used. Uh, We have noticed, uh, and I suppose, not just the technology improvements but the regulation around that and the recognition of the issue. And uh, we saw, um, I think it was last year or the previous year, that in Europe, um, welding fumes, which are the main issue when it comes to health and safety for a welder, one of the issues, one of the main issues, uh, were reclassified as potential carcinogens. Um, Following that, and I have to say again, quite slowly, the reaction has been at least 18 months, um, certainly outside of Europe. Um, Certainly government departments now, we see, are insisting upon all of their welders uh, adopting um, uh, respirated welding helmets. Um, Large companies too, maybe, that see the liability issues that could be involved, are also requiring their welders to use respirated welding helmets rather than traditional ones. I mean, it doesn't take uh, people too much to think about how bad it could be when you are inhaling welding fumes all day, every day. Um, You know, some of the components of welding fumes are obviously not good for respiration and health generally. So our company, for example, uh, has released quite a good technology in terms of um, full protection uh, from welding fumes. It's the highest level both in terms of the welding fumes and the vision. Because of course, when you're welding, you're talking about very high intensity light effectively being emitted. And uh, the traditional welding lenses that have been on the market, of course, have done a a good job. But now we have more sophisticated lenses, which not only give protection, but a basic uh, requirement allow you to see very clearly in high definition what you're welding. Anybody who's a non-welder puts a welding helmet on for the first time, we'll actually wonder how a, how a welder can see what he's doing because it's not a natural environment. But with the new high-definition lenses that, say, we have adopted in our product range, um, it's almost pure um, definition between the welding and uh, the piece and, and, and uh, the equipment around it. So, uh,
1: What about uh, latest developments in terms of welder training? What new technologies are available there?
0: Um, Well, welder training, I suppose, the core foundation of welder training will never change. That is essentially um, new apprentices. Um, My son, for example, is just starting an apprenticeship and he's starting with on-the-job welder training with uh, welding equipment. More and more colleges are starting to introduce uh, what you would call virtual reality uh, welding equipment. Um, which basically allows um, at least the basic um, uh, positioning, which is essential in welding in in terms of technique, hand positioning um, for manual welding anyway. And uh, that basically has been introduced as sort of a a first step. Uh, But I think that most welders, most traditional welders, uh, would um, argue that the real training with welding is actually on the tools training because it is... Welding is a strange combination of science and art and the artistic part is the bit that most people can't get. The science is very simple if you read around it Um, but the actual artistic element of welding is something that I'm in awe of. I I could never achieve what some of these guys do and it is purely a um, sort of an eye-hand coordination and a certain amount of artistic creativity that they put into their job.
1: So when I hear those types of descriptions about welding, I think what an amazing job that would be. And yet we are constantly hearing here at Hera that there is a skills shortage. What, what's your view on that globally as an issue?
0: It is an issue globally. And uh, I look after a, a large part of Asia, Southeast Asia, and of course I get a chance to travel to other markets as well and, and uh, talk to colleagues and uh, people in the industry, people like yourselves. And skills shortage is a common issue. Uh, we, we think of it as being one um, restricted to maybe Australia and New Zealand. But uh, it's, a, it's a it's a shortage issue everywhere. And um, the, the contribution from that, the, there's a number of different opinions about why that is, specifically in the welding industry, of course, we're talking now. I suppose... Um, Speaking from experience in Australia, New Zealand, um, the, I guess, over a period of time, the educational support for the welding industry has not been at the level it should be. And that, of course, comes down to government and politics and investment. Um, Maybe the attitude of, um, dare I say, younger people, people of a younger age and not choosing welding as a as a preferred career or a fabrication generally. Welding is usually a, a sub-component of a of a, um, a larger career path, fabrication being one. Um, I think that um, maybe it hasn't had the right press. And maybe some of the issues we've been talking about before in terms of health and safety, in terms of historical low-tech approach, uh, which is now becoming high-tech, maybe that also affected people's perception of the welding industry. So I think it's, um, it's our job, uh, both in terms of Hera as an institution and as Kempi as, as a manufacturer and a supplier, to actually educate the market and educate the, the younger generation in terms of the technological opportunities within the welding industry. And, of course, we have to expose them to that. But that also has to come from the education sector. Um, and um, uh, the, the actual equipment and technology itself needs to keep evolving. And Kempi as a group um, uh, are very uh, cognizant of the fact that they need to reinvest their, their, you know, their money into developing new technologies and new innovations, not just, to make, not just to provide a benefit to private industry, but also to make it a more attractive environment for people to work in. If we don't do that, people won't come to us.
1: And... On a final note, where do you see welding going? What is the evolution of welding as you see it?
0: Well, welding is a very broad term. So we certainly wouldn't have time to cover every single part of welding. But as a general thing, based upon the evidence in the last couple of years, robotic welding, of course, is one of the fastest growing trends globally. Um, What does that mean on its own? That means that... OK, manual welding is being displaced for a more productive and uh, more consistent welding approach in an automated system. In addition to which, of course, the types of monitoring systems that we talked about before, in our case, we call it weld eye, an eye on the welding process, is applicable to both robotic welding and manual welding. So that, d- that doesn't go away. Um, but I think the skill set required uh, is going to change drastically So apart from having to be able to know the basics of what would be a manual welding process, you're going to have um, apprentices who need to be uh, basically trained in uh, robotics, uh, informatics for analysing information, um, process control. So I think that trend is going to go hand in hand. Automation, uh, the change in skill sets at the apprentice level, I guess, Um, and hopefully... recognition by industry that they need to invest in this technology and uh, capture uh, information and use that information to produce uh, better finished goods and uh, be competitive you know keep an eye on the fact that this makes them more competitive so i think that uh, yep we we are definitely uh, going to see a step change in technology Uh, we're going to see as well um, i think Uh, a good result from the last couple of years, which is, I think it's been recognized by a number of the manufacturers of traditional welding equipment, that the interface between it and the welder and the welding supervisor has always been a little bit complicated. Doesn't matter which manufacturer you're talking about. Uh, Maybe necessarily so, but certainly from my experience with my own company in the last few years and looking around at other brands, they are taking a lot more focus on the control and interface, making it more simple, making it simpler and making it more intuitive. And that also, of course, has an impact in terms of uh, what we talked about before, the supply of um, highly skilled welders. It is possible then for people who are developing their skills in the welding um, uh, industry to be able to interact with this equipment uh, more easily and uh, train more quickly on it Um, indeed our latest range of equipment has effectively a training aid built into the equipment Um, so that's really where i see it going smarter more intelligent and more intuitive um, solutions for the welding industry
1: so there you go thanks for joining our conversation with david if you'd like to connect more with him his details are in the show notes we're also excited to have Kempi on board as one of our disruptive sponsors at our of Future Forum 2020 vision. They're a perfect fit for our forum, which is 100% focused on innovation and preparing for disruption. After all, you can't be afraid of the future. You have to build it. I'm Brian Lowe, Membership Services and Support Manager at HERA. Hasn't it been fascinating hearing about the kind of innovation that Kempi is introducing into the world of welding? This and so much more will be at the HERA Future Forum conference called 2020 Vision next February. At this conference, we'll have five thought leaders from New Zealand, Australia and the EU presenting on topics such as digital fabrication, large-scale 3D printing, future technology impacting you and your industry, talent attraction and retention, culture building, and lots more. So it's not just about dealing with issues today, but more importantly, how to deal with what's coming in the near future. Registration's now open for 2020 Vision. That's the 21st of February, 2020. Details are in our show notes. Are you going to be the disruptor or the disrupted?